Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. With the stories that we've been looking at the past few weeks from Jesus, my family has been wrestling with what to do with the money that God has entrusted us with. You know, we can look at these teachings of Jesus, but they're meant to be lived out. He came so that we could have life and have it to the full. He meant for us to put this into practice, but it's not that easy. Let's just be honest. This is tough. We looked at these two stories as a family uh, particularly over the past couple weeks. The man who realized he had this amazing crop and so this farmer built bigger barns and God called him out and said, what are you doing? Basically, he was being greedy and he was missing out because of that because he wasn't looking outward to the needs of others. And so he said, you need to take care and be on your guard. So as our family you know, the Rose family, we're trying to figure out how to lead our family, talk to our kids, and for us to be careful of our possessions possessing us and to keep our eyes outward. And then I think the next story that we shared last week was the most impacting for me and the one that's really triggered a lot. Um, you know, is our spending making us happy? And so Jesus, uh, he shares about the rich man and Lazarus right outside his gate. And he, the rich man is depicted as looking for the best. He spent his resources to make himself happy with food and clothes and his home. And, and yet there's a man in need and he doesn't see him. Not only does he not see him or care for him, but then in the afterlife, we see Jesus share that there's always this distance, this social distance, where he doesn't really even see him as a person. And so for our family, how do we see the people at our gate, the people that God has placed there? How do we see them with God's eyes? And then how can we spend our money wisely Wisely meaning not financial planning, but how can we spend it in the best way to honor God, but in by honoring God, we will also receive this joy. Uh, it's the best way to spend your money. As we said last week, when people say that money can't buy you happiness, that just means they're not spending it correctly. And so we're looking at our funds and saying, how can we spend it correctly? And so for this message, this sermon, I want us to really talk about the practical aspect and be honest. This isn't easy, this is difficult, and to share some steps that we can take. So for our family, um, let's be honest here. I don't wanna make it look like our kids are like, yes, mommy, daddy, how do we do this? For the most part, they're disinterested, but we're leading them. We're trying to see how we, my wife and I can live this out and then to help them, so. One, these are some of the ideas that we came up with. Um, you know, 
could, should we bring smoothies to a couple of the hospitals, these really healthy smoothies, uh, to the ICUs for the staff, for the nurses, for the, those that clean the rooms, for, for those that are caring for the sick? Um, we can't bring smoothies to the sick. They won't let us. Uh, we talked about um, bringing blankets, driving around because it's cold. It's warmed up a little bit where I live, but it's going to get cold again. And so, you know, maybe use this money and go and buy some blankets or buy some socks and maybe put some food in the socks or, and then, you know, help them connect with one of the our favorite organizations that works with those from the street to help get them off the street if they want to. It's just not easy. And so we've taken a few steps here and there and we're stumbling along. I guess that's the best way to describe it. We're stumbling. But there's still joy in it. More joy than if I went and got a new pair of shoes or whatever. And so this isn't easy. And I don't want to make it sound easy. But I do want us to be moving in that direction. For those of you as part of Branches, for those of you that are following Jesus, that are listening in, for those that are asking questions about this faith that I talk about, this good news, how do we move forward? So I want to help you move in that direction. Um, the branch's mission is simple. It's the mission that Jesus gave us. When he was asked, what's the best thing you could do? What is the greatest commandment? Love God, love people. So here's, here's my question. In that, what if by loving people, you can also be loving God? What if to love God, you need to love people? I'm gonna let Jesus describe this because this has been my personal experience. You could talk about loving God and loving people, but they're very intertwined. It's a mystery, but it's beautiful, but it can be experienced. So to love God should not be this difficult thing to explain. There's so many aspects to it, but there's one simple way to describe it, and that's what we're going to look at right now. So listen closely to how Jesus describes how this happens. By loving the poor, we're loving him. We're here in Matthew 25, and starting in verse 32, Jesus shares that all the nations, all of us, are going to come before him. And then he's going to separate us into two groups. And the king, in verse 34, will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed. Hold on to that word, blessed. By my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. But see, then the righteous, they're going to look at, at the Son of Man of, to Jesus and say, wait, we don't ever remember doing this for you. I don't ever remember giving you a cheeseburger. I don't remember ever giving you some Avion water. When did I get you a blanket? When did I get you a jacket? When did I ever... I never gone to any prisons. How could I have seen you there if I never went? What are you talking about? What do you mean? And this is what I want you to hear. The king 
will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. And some other translations will say, you did it to me. When we love other people, we love God. Now, usually with this passage, it goes on and it talks about those that did not care for the hungry. For those who were in the other group that did not give something to drink to the thirsty or to clothe the naked or to look out for the foreigner or the stranger or who didn't visit those in prison. And it says they will be separated and they will be cast out. And so when this passage is shared, people will say, well, you should feel bad because you left Jesus on the side of the road and you didn't care for him. And if you do that, look at the punishment that's coming. Okay, hold on here. Remember what Jesus shared first. Don't forget the emphasis. Jesus says, you will be blessed. You will be filled. You will have joy. You will have happiness when you feed the hungry. When you give something to drink to those who are thirsty. When you clothe those who are cold. When you visit those that are in prison, when you are caring for the stranger, the outcast, the foreigner, the immigrant, when you do that, you will be blessed. So this is an invitation. This is an invitation to blessing. And the biggest blessing of all in all of this is that you get to see the face of God. When we love people, we see the face of God. It's one thing to say that, but it's a whole nother to experience it. We can read all of these teachings of Jesus that talk about loving others. But when you do it, when you really get out there and do it and don't talk about it anymore, you get to see him. Um, for those that know what I'm talking about, about this invitation to blessing, um, maybe it's that you were part of a, a soup kitchen before. And I don't mean just that you went to a soup kitchen and you moved some things around and maybe you handed some food out. I mean, when you take the food and you hand it over and you look them in the eye, look another human being in the eye that was humble enough, hungry enough, and in need enough to come. When you do that, it's like experiencing looking into the eyes of Jesus. Um, I remember one time being uh, in another country I was a college student, and there was an elderly, elderly lady in Guyana, and my friend and I were there, and we walked into her house, and she just stopped to the ground and, and started praising God, not us, praising God. She said, I have prayed for 40 years for American college students to come to my people and to share about Jesus. I don't know why she needed Americans. I don't know why she was thinking about college students, but the Lord put it on her heart and she prayed and I felt as if I was in a holy place and I felt as if I was in the presence with Jesus himself. Uh, maybe you've de delivered presents to a family at Christmas or maybe you've brought food to someone in need or maybe you've worked at someone's house or somewhere where they couldn't do the work themselves, but you were there to do it. Um, 
maybe you've been the one on the other end. I have. I've had people bring us meal when we, meals when we needed it, when we were in desperate need. People cared for us in so many different ways. And I thought I was looking into the eyes of Jesus. Think about that. It happens on both sides. Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. And for those least of these, which I have been at times, I'm also looking into the face of Jesus because Jesus is at, is at that intersection. By loving others, we love God. This great mission that he's called us to, this great commandment is a blessing. We don't need, need to be guilted into it if we've experienced being in the presence of God. We want to be with him more. It becomes a desire in our heart. We want what God wants for us. But where are the poor? How do you find those in need? This is not as easy as, as we would hope it would be. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. And as we talked about last week, it takes maybe incremental steps. Here's an example. We've been so trained to, to succeed. And that success is defined as have a nice place to live, in a nice neighborhood where your kids go to good schools, you have nice things. But when we do that and we actually make it to that place, then we're not interacting with the poor. How can you care for those in need if you're not around those in need? Now, it doesn't matter how much money you have or where you live, you're always going to be in need or you're going to find struggles or suffering. But I'm talking specifically about the poor right now because that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage here in Matthew 25. The poor being defined as the hungry, the sick, the thirsty, the outcast. And one of the ways I've seen that play out is that so many people that I know, because the truth is I'm in that kind of a community. My friends live in those communities and we have been separated from the poor. But if you want to love the poor, you got to be near the poor. And as you're near the poor, you want to love the poor. And as you're loving the poor, you get to see the face of God. So for those of you who know what I'm talking about, when was the last time you went to a 99 cent store? Why not? The best deals are there. Have you been in there? It's amazing. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. But I've talked to people that I'm very close with that have a hard time entering in there because there's a stigma about it. And they can't always put their words to it. But if you walk into a 99 cent store, for the most part, you're not just finding people that are looking for great deals. You're finding people that need those deals. That simple act of walking in there puts you shoulder to shoulder with some people in need. Not only in the store, but outside. There's so many other ways to do this. You can volunteer at this organization, be involved with uh, the work we do here at Branches. And there's so many other churches and groups that do great things. But in a very practical sense, if we're going to love the poor, we need to be with the poor. And it's going to feel awkward. You're not going to want to step into those situations if you've been out of that situation for any period of time. That is also normal. But whatever we've done to the least of these, We've done unto him. And let's not think about what we haven't done, but think of what we have done and what we have the opportunity to do in loving the least of these. And by loving the least of these, 
we love God and get to see Jesus face to face. That experience that I can't describe, but if you've done it, you know what I'm talking about. So there's no reason for us to wait for this blessing. There's no reason to wait upon this. We can talk about it. We can get in these little groups and discuss it, but just go do something. Like our family, I want you to wrestle with your significant other, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents. What can we do? Let's do something. It doesn't have to be the right thing. It has to be anything in which we, well, feed the hungry, give something to drink to the thirsty, visit those in prison, clothe those who are cold and suffering, and to care for the outcast. And the scripture's pretty specific to the immigrants, to those who are on the outside looking in, to those who are being marginalized. As you look for that, do anything. I gave you some ideas earlier, but the truth is we as a church, we need ideas. And so the, this message is being recorded on Thursday. Uh, I'll be sharing basically this message on Sunday. And on this Sunday evening when we meet, or at this point have met, we're going to distribute uh, envelopes filled with $100 cash and asking those to be stewards of this and say, please go and find the people at the gate. Go find those who are hungry, thirsty, needing clothing, those who are outcast and those who are in prison and do something with this, anything. And in three weeks, we want to hear those stories. We might even record some of those stories. Not so that we can be lifted up, but that we can explain what Jesus is talking about here in practical, relevant, experiential terms. By loving people, we love God. And in loving God, we love people. So, do you really, let's say you're, let's say you're not there on this Sunday night which would make sense because why would you go on Sunday night and then watch this video? But do you really need someone to hand you an envelope? Because the emphasis here is that you would use your own resources and go out. We know it happens all the time. When we hand out these envelopes, people add their own money to it because they want to be more a part of it. As a church, we're equipping the saints for these good works. It's like we're priming the pump but it's in us. God has put that desire in us to bless other people, as we've talked about the past couple weeks. And what you're going to find out is that as you do it, not only will you never regret it, but you're going to be hungering and looking for the opportunities to do it again. Because whatever we've done to the least of these, we've done unto Jesus. And to be a part of that beautiful. God bless.